Hello, everybody. Welcome to the No Breaking Podcast. I'm out on assignment with Kaiju Kiwi to a top-secret, almost underground lair, one might say, with Mr... Oh, I could say just the purest. Mr. Shonley, thank you so much for, one, inviting me to your... Technically, your non-underground underground lair that you've got here. <laughs> it's such a pleasure to have you here. And uh, thank you so much for providing me with such such great airflow and oxygenated water. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm so excited right now. Glad to have you here. So, Sean, obviously, this is the the No Breaking podcast, so we want to try and delve, ideally, your backstory, have a talk about your sort of where your passion for cars kind of grew, and how you've sort of created this uh this group this following of sorts and and what what sort of you how you sort of fit in the industry but not really being in the industry so to speak so where do you want to start should we go all the way back to the beginning then sure all right so why don't you kick it off then and and for some of the folks that haven't heard about your your backstory why don't you tell us a tale okay a tale of a young mr sean all right so uh Starting with my parents, and uh, because they're very, very important for what I'm doing right now, mm-hmm. in, which is uh, so. When I was five, my parents divorced. I came from Taiwan, and right after they divorced, my mom came to the United States. So I never see my mom again. And my father was very physical abusive. Mm-hmm. So uh, I lived with my father from five to fourteen. Then at age fourteen, he wants to remarry, and the criteria is his new wife doesn't want me at all. Which isn't, isn't ideal, really. It's not the greatest feeling, right? No, but, you know, at the time, I don't, I don't understand, because I, at the time, from age 5 to 14, I wish I can see my mom again. Mm-hmm. So my hope is, plus my dad beats me all the time. So I, Which isn't ideal either. It's not, not, you know, not what we would yeah. suggest that parents yeah, yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. We don't want to do that. So then uh, I figure I can be with my mom, which is a much better place. So, uh, so later on, I came to the United States at age 14 to finally get to meet my mom. Um, and I found out later on very soon that my mom was actually becoming uh, consumed a lot of alcohol uh, and also a lot of prescription uh, medications mm-hmm. because she has high blood pressure and heart attack. Um, those two things doesn't mix. Yeah, it's not ideal. It's not ideal either. So, uh, so she's never been physical, but she's very verbal. Okay. Uh, uh, a lot of stuff that she said really bothers me. Also, uh, my hope of having a mother was completely destroyed. After I came here and met with her, yeah. So at age seventeen, eighteen. So you're saying that the, the, that you'd ha- it was a bit of a troubling time going yes. from from your upbringing, which is an ideal. We would certainly not suggest that any parent or child go through that at all. <laughs> yeah, and so at age seventeen, I, or between seventeen and eighteen, I decided to run away from home. Okay. Then uh, my and my life started from there. Um, I later on working odds and ends jobs, McDonald's, busboy. Um, then until I started working as a delivery boy in my first company in the freight industry, which is called Speedmark. Okay. Yeah. And so what were you doing there? Was it, that was purely deliveries that you were doing for Speedmark? Uh, delivery later on. Uh, purely, I got hired as a delivery boy in forkle- forklift drivers. Okay. So um, purely so, just delivery boy. Actually. And that was only purely so you could just drive a forklift, right? That was the only That's the, the whole job. idea. Yeah. This thing has four wheels on it. Yeah, there. exactly. And you could spin it around on the spot, and you've got the things yeah. that go up and down, and you could tap someone on the shoulder if you come up behind exactly. them. Exactly. No, actually, at the time, uh, uh, my only transportation was a Honda Elite 80 scooter. So I had to ride that all the way from Rosemi by local and all the way to LAX every day. Which is quite a drive. Which is quite a drive. And not really one you'd want to take on a scooter. No, no, no. 
know. But uh, sometimes at nighttime when I'm coming off after work, there's no uh, because that scooter is 48 miles an hour top speed, maxed out. Maxed That's out. downhill, low as you exactly. can get with the drag coefficient. So, uh, oh, I think the style is now right. The one where you got to put your head down and leg, lay yes, your legs out actually, flat yeah, out the back. That's the way to go. That scooter is kind of unique. It, it looks like a U shape. So mm -hmm. there's actually a cutout right where you put your foot at. So yeah. the front the front cowling actually divert all the air to the side so the, that's why there's 48 otherwise you'll only do 42 <laughs> yeah i like the, that extra and that extra six miles oh an yeah, hour yeah it makes it yeah. different yeah. so at nighttime when i'm coming back from work i usually take the freeway and mm -hmm. and and until i got caught one day with a ticket <laughs> well i don't know scooter couldn't come up to the freeway yeah who, who knew that yeah. right so my next car is interesting uh so i have a previa i bought a previa van mm -hmm. uh which i'll tell you the story of my current previa it's um uh, so I can drive to the work and sleep on the van from Monday to Friday and I come back on Friday. You know, for guys at a time when we go to work, all we need to do is we need a sink. We can start basically wash our hair. Yeah. Yeah, it was so that's what I did every day for a few years uh, Then and when I was working for Speedmark. And uh, also save a lot of money on gas, save a lot of money on time. Mm -hmm. uh, being sleeping on that Previa van. The funny thing about Previa is last year, my birthday, my best friend, Bought me a Previa just for fun. Okay. <laughs> what 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 year did he get? Was that he got me a '97? My old one was a '91. Oh. Okay. So mine's a supercharged. I got more power. Ah, uh -huh, yeah. that's it. It's all the ones that matter. Well, did the did the Previa ever come with the um, ice maker? Because I remember that some JDN, of JDN the ST month. Yeah. Does. Not, not a US one. Yeah. I yeah. missed miss yeah, Everyone needs to bring ice makers back, I think, in cars. Yeah, back in the day. I don't know. What's what what's up with the, all the ice makers in cars? Look, I mean you could make ice. I was like, that's that's what I want in a car right now. I mean, great for cocktails. I mean cocktails. I think, had a, I think a, a older a JDM Estima, they have a fridge. Yeah. Maybe not an ice maker, but just a fridge built into it. I mean that's what everyone wants. I mean I don't want a fridge in a car these days. I do. It's yeah, pretty cool. That's what I mean. Bring it back, Toyota, or anyone, anyone. Bring it back, Toyota. Yeah. So, you're working as uh, in the freight. Well, we can be specific. Another freight forwarding industry. Yeah. Tapping people or riding around every day <laughs> on your forklift, trying to go as fast as you can on your forklift. Obviously, because that's the whole point, right? Yeah. Making moving that stuff around the warehouse. So then, where where did you go from there in your business life, shall we say? So after that, my. Uh, I met a few bosses that changed my life. So one mm -hmm. of them saying that you cannot be working as a delivery boy forever. So she actually forced me to go back to school. Okay. And uh, so I started learning how to type mm -hmm. and refine. Because, you know, from age 14 to 17, 18, I was in ESL class. So my English and linguistic skill is, was kind of bad. Okay. I couldn't communicate with people too well. Yeah. And plus, if you know about my Speedmark is a Chinese-owned company. That really doesn't help at all. No, no. Of course, I mean, internally, you'd probably be speaking more. I would say English wouldn't have been the first. No, it definitely wasn't. Yeah. So it was, it was constantly I go to work for 10, 8, 10 hours a day. Most of the language you're going to be using is all Chinese. Mm -hmm. Then you deal with overseas in Chinese. Um, so he actually forced me to go back to take a class that he actually, you know, helped me pay for uh, uh, so from there on, and uh, you know, and then I met my second boss. Uh, his name's Steve. My first boss that treated me really well was Nick. Second boss was Steve. Uh, then a few years after I worked for Sp uh, Speedmark, I came to Air Tiger as a salesman. Okay. I worked my way up because once I learned how to type and able to speak English better, so they put me in as operation staff. Mm -hmm. So I started handling more stuff related to typing, computers, and 
stuff like that. And you're a pretty nice guy, let's be honest. You're pretty friendly. You're pretty affable. When I was younger, I'm not. I was you were total, not? I was a total jerk, dude. Well, at work, even at work? Even at work, yeah. Oh. I have a lot of temper. I have a lot of anger issues back in the days. Okay. Because my because of my upbringing. It's yeah. just uh, I have a lot of doubts in myself. I have a lot of question on why am I in this kind of situation. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of envy that other people can other kids can have that, but I'm here, you know. You know, when I was working for McDonald's, I have to eat the food that they actually toss away. I put in a, you know, back in the day, McDonald's, every every 18 minutes or 20 minutes, they have to toss away the burger. Okay. It's a perfectly good burger. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, I put it in a separate trash bag. I take it home and eat it with my, uh, and yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it'd be, yeah. You As heat it up with microwave and you, and you just eat it straight away. I mean, it's McDonald's burger. How bad? I mean, you, I've seen them like sit up for years. Exactly. And just be fine. You know the fish? Oh, never mind. That that a lot of stuff they make actually doesn't go back for years. It's weird. Yeah. So uh, so but you gotta know every every time you uh, save money on a meal for me at a time is three dollars. Back in the, in my days, uh, the minimum wage is only three twenty five. Mm -hmm. So you're saving six to ten bucks a day just by by you know by eating those meals. Yeah. And that's handy, right? It's handy. And, you know, over a period of 30 days, the 300 bucks you're saving, that basically, uh, my rent at the time was $150 for to rent a room yeah. with somebody. And you got to know, that's, that's like you, your room's paid for it already. You yeah, know? which is important. Which is very important. And it covers all the bills and everything else. Then you've got more money in your pocket to do whatever you need to do with. Yeah. So, so you were with Speedmark, so, so you made the transition through uh, working in the warehouse to working in operations, and then you made the move out to sales? To sales. I did sales a little bit while I was at Speedmark, mm -hmm. mostly inside sales. Yeah. Then the next thing I do is uh, I move to Air Tiger. Yeah, and so for people who are not as familiar as you or I am about the freight forwarding business, can you give them a bit of a rundown on what uh, Air Tiger does? So Air Tiger, during its peak, we're doing probably about maybe uh, – I think about five hundred some million dollars in business in freight business, and uh, JLC, who's General Commerce, has always been grading Air Tiger as a top forty freight MVLCC in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, occasionally we do get bumped up a lot, maybe thirty five or thirty top thirty, but has so far has been uh, always been a top forty MVL. Yeah, and when we talk about international freight forward, we're talking about moving containers moving across the ocean, freight moving in the air, the trucking, for example, across the United States. You see the big trucks or anything at the port. That's all what you're talking about, right? Yeah. So then, so what sort of sales were you doing then when you're moving? When you were doing the inside sales, you made the transition to outside sales. Yeah. So uh, when I was doing outside sales, I still have no, I still don't know if I could do outside sales or not because I've never done it before. Mm -hmm. And plus, I have no education. That's why kids stay in school. Okay. And really important, we'd Very say important. that stay in school. Yeah, I have so much doubt. I go like, I cannot do it. I cannot do it. Then I, I came to Air Tiger. My f my first boss at Air Tiger is his name John John Lee. Um, so he forced me to do a lot of things that helped me to break through the barriers that I thought I couldn't be a accomplished. Mm -hmm. uh, so he put me as outside sales, but he actually go visit the client with me all the time. Kind of, you know, it was, it was just such a blessing because at a time Air Tigers we have about close to 200 staffs in LA, mm -hmm. and I don't know why he spent so much time with me. Uh, we have a huge sales team. And 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 I'm I was with him 24/7. Uh, I drive his cars as his chauffeur and help him pick up his medications. And he, we have lunch constantly together. Uh, he treated me like a son. Mm -hmm. Till today, I still hangs out with him and his son a lot. You know? Yeah, and having a mentor, we'll say that is is super handy and oh, really important. I mean, I've got one that I look, look up to and respect very much who helps me out in regards to things, and it's it's an incredible experience to have someone that takes yeah. you under their wing. So. Uh, so from there on, and, uh, 
you start trimming from your junior sales and become a better salesman and you know not long after that become number one in the team which is quite a big team at yeah. the time then I become number one in regional and number one in the USA and I also become later on become number one in the world which isn't bad which isn't okay it's alright number one yeah the money I save and uh, at the time he just at the time when I hitting those big numbers and uh, he just decided to retire from Air Tiger so the actual founder Richard Chu of Air Tiger came in and started managing the the, the regions mm-hmm. and uh, that's how I got to meet Richard Richard is like my final boss in Air Tiger he teach me on so if John teach me how to uh, the proper way to handle myself and how to make sales Richard had taught me the way to make money mm-hmm. and gave me a chance to make those money so um so I made a lot of money and uh and become a youngest shareholder and youngest vice president and within our group then the money I save and um, just get to where I am today yeah and so obviously as we sit amongst some of your passions there a few different things here one pretty much stands out and that's the automotive side yeah. so how did that sort of come about what where did that sort of drive from so Remember, my first transportation is actually a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. So uh, motorcycles are cheaper to operate. They're fast. So actually, throughout the first part of my life, uh, when I'm in the United States, my main transportation has always been motorcycles. They're easy to acquire. They're easy to ride. They don't have traffic issues. Um, uh, but later on, I also, when I had some money, I started racing motorcycles on the racetracks. And unfortunately, the thing was actually I took two major spell on a racetrack, which is at Willow Springs. Uh, both at 100 miles plus, I've broken almost every single bones in my body, um, which isn't again ideal. It's not what if we'd not recommend. We don't recommend breaking bones. No, <laughs> it's not not good. So after that, uh, I started wanting to learn more about driving. Um, so I start. I bought my first car to drive in a canyon. It was like 1990-ish was uh, uh, a Mazda RX-7 FC. Mm-hmm. But my first roll car on the street was actually 1991. Uh, in 1991, I purchased my own car. It's called Isuzu Stylus. Uh, it's a brand new car, my very first brand new car. Because prior to that, I had the $1,000 Previa, mm-hmm. um, you know, junk cars. My very first brand new car was the Isuzu Stylus. The one that has a little green text, it's handling by Lotus, you know. And from that, I actually started learning how to drive and enjoy the car a lot more than anything else. Yeah. Um, and so what was it, those series of cars then? Where did it sort of lead from and to? I mean, obviously you've had your, your cars that we consider your maybe not ideal ones, like the Previa, for example, but then where did those steps go? I mean, how, where did we lead on from there? So uh, we, later on we went on the Isuzu. We went to the, the Mazda RX-7 Turbo, which is the FC, mm-hmm. which is I built as a canyon car because I fell in love with driving canyons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't understand a lot of concept on cars at the time. I'm very good on motorcycle, but it just, so very, very soon I crashed the FC. I flipped it over in the canyon and I caught on fires. And uh, that uh, car is right now actually, it's actually in the hand of one of the purest member. Okay. So the guy who Ho- bombed. Hopefully he does, he's not aware that this no, car no, has no. had the accident and has been oh, no, flipped no, no, over no, no, and no, caught no, on he, a, he actually flipped Otherwise, that'd be like an Easter egg for him right now that he's history for the first time. He'd yeah. be like, hey, Sean, he's waving his fist at you now. No, actually, I flipped it over the car. Mm-hmm. So he actually came over and bought the whole car from me. 
as the way it was because mainly he just wants the powertrains and the taillights and and little stuff like that. You know, yeah. he, he's basically he tossed away the chassis already, yeah. and and it's very interesting. He's actually at a time was the president of the RX7 club, Salka RX7. Mm -hmm. you know, we're still friends today. It's pretty cool. Uh, so uh, after that, I don't. I feel so defeated because I, I figure I'm so good at motorcycle. How, why is that I cannot handle cars? So I went out and bought myself a Hachiroku, which is an A86. Mm -hmm. So I was cruising down the canyons and uh, I met up with a bunch of guys that drive the canyons. Uh, they're all, some of them are Miata guys, some of them are A86 guys. And I started driving with them. I just can't keep up with them. I don't know, no matter how hard I try, I just can't keep up with them. Even though later on I modify my car exactly the same way they do. And that's when I started curious on what's the right way to modify cars and what's the right way to drive the car so i started hanging out with them a lot and later on got a lot of a, a knowledge from them and learned how to handle cars properly and so what's some of that knowledge and then if you wanted to pass that out what would you say the key or the the, the, the crux of that matter is so to speak? oh man see cars actually okay your the whole weight of the cars is it, and its function is done by two things steering wheel transfer the weight to left and right okay your gas Transfer the weight to the back. Your brake transfer the weight to the front. It's how you learn how to transfer all your weight to one single individual tires. Of course, you got adding the e-brake too. So, it's how you learn to, in a very short time, you ask as a human traction control, allocate the weight to exactly the wheels where you want it to be with those four, with, with those those things. And that's the art. It takes, takes a long time to master that. And yeah, and it's not easy to master. It's not. And if you don't master it, sometimes you can maybe have an accent, which may lead to you flipping your RX-7, yeah. which is obviously, again, not <laughs> ideal. That was back in the day when I only pursued horsepower. So my RX-7 was built like to 300 some horsepower wheel. Which was a lot. Which was a lot back, back in the day. In yeah. 1994? My RX-7 was 91, so maybe it's like 95, 96-ish. Which, which is a lot Which is a lot back then. Yeah. Now it's like, uh, it's, it's only for Toyota ca uh, Camry figures. But back yeah. then, it was a lot. It was a lot. So then where did you go from there? So you're hanging out with these guys in the canyons. You're partially or sometimes like race drive, driving the canyons purely to the speed limit, obviously. Yes, purely always. The speed, always the speed limit. Always the speed limit. Uh, and you'd be delivering tofu, obviously, because what else would you be doing in an A86? And then so where did you go from there? Where's the, the traction from there? So from there on, I started doing a lot of track drivings. Mm -hmm. You know, and I started learning how to drive tracks and drift. So I competed later on. At early stage, I competed in a lot of drift events. And also, there was a famous uh, uh, forum at the time. It's called Code for AG. And somehow, till today, a lot of best of the best pro drifter came from that forum. You know, Daijiro Yoshihara, Ken Gushi. Daijiro Yoshihara, friend of the podcast. Yes, and he's also a really dear friend of mine and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, great driver. We all, and uh, also. And he wears great visors as well. Great <laughs> visors. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, the current uh, almost all the FD almost all the FD judges are came from that form. You know, Andy Yen, the early ones, Ernie Fixmore, mm -hmm. Alex Pfeiffer, um, they all came from there. And uh, so uh, I got to learn a lot more on car control from them by driving with them. Yeah, and then so so then I'm gonna guess you might have sort of where did your next cars go in that direction? Then? So right around that time, and uh, from from A86 uh, time. And uh, I kind of phased out from driving for a while because I, I stayed a lot more focused on work. Mm -hmm. uh, when I resurfaced in the car world, and that's when I started. Because uh, you you're number one, so you've got to be, when you're the yeah, top, yeah. you've got to fight all those people that are coming <laughs> to 
the top of the mountain, you could swing that sword, that battle axe to make sure those people don't overtake you. No, man, I wasn't that good. I was okay in the canyons, you know. No, I mean on the sails. Oh, the sales. sails, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah, so in terms of jobs-wise, and uh, and uh, that's really taking off, so I had to focus a lot more on my on my career, mm-hmm. which luckily I did that. Yeah, because it helps pay the bills. And, yeah, I pay the bills. And helps with some of these things you got sending around us now. Yeah, so, and and stay focused on the job for a while and not really dealing with anything with car world. Um, you know, uh, and when I showed up in the car world, and uh, last when I, I was driving completely different cars. So what what year was that when you sort of resurfaced? I don't then? remember. I think in two thousand five ish or okay. two thousand no more earlier than that, maybe two thousand. Yeah, yeah, and started coming out to more autocross and track events and stuff like that. And so, what cars were you in back then? Wow. Uh, some Italian cars, which I told you later on, because of reliability, we sold it. And later on, I started buying into uh, BMW M3s and 911s, and uh, which is I love till today. I still have uh, quite a few of them, uh, because rely purely because of reliabilities. And I, I I drive my car till today. I still drive most of my car pretty hard mm-hmm. uh, to the speed limit. Obviously, to the speed limit. You, unless it's on a track, track, on a track, on a track, on a track. On a track. Yeah. You drive to the track, track conditions, yeah. but on the road, it's strictly. To the speed limit, yeah. maybe go one or two mile an hour over it if you slip. <laughs> oh no, I don't even do that. Well, you're very oh. good, see. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, uh, so uh, uh, yeah. Period for reliability. I changed later. I changed all my car back to JDM cars and German cars. Um, you know, uh, and because I use them a lot. Yeah. And so. And so, so that's around 2000. So when did you? get more involved say in the automotive industry then so uh roughly about seven years ago okay realistically it's probably about 10 years ago we used to do uh we used to do a lot of charity events mm-hmm. uh but we tag along to uh, i used to go to charity event like uh, a car gathering but they have charity purpose behind it what actually uh uh influenced me quite a bit was the first time i go to a uh supercar uh uh Supercar Sunday, mm-hmm. they have an event called Motor for Toys. Mm-hmm. The first time I went there, I, I didn't get it. I was like, wow, there's a lot of cool cars that get her in toys, and what's the purpose for that? Um, later on, I met with uh, Dustin, which is the founder of, uh, of the events. Uh, what a great guy, you know, I, I, and we had a lot of talk. So one of my friend being, um, close friend was being Paul Walker. Uh, he started his uh, foundation, Richard Worldwide, roughly about eight and a half, nine years ago ish, mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. there. So, Richard Worldwide's constant purpose was to help the people in need, uh, but mainly for disaster relief. Um, so, we did a first toy drive with Richard Worldwide uh, uh, in a parking lot right down here in the city of industry called the Sabon Toy Drive. Mm-hmm. Because Sabon donated space. Uh, about 30, 40 people showed up. We get a bunch of toys, and uh, Richard Worldwide later on, later on distributed those toys out. And I think in so it's 2011 or 2012, and then I started Purist Group, and uh, and Purist hosts uh, our very first toy drive. Yeah. So why do you explain what your your goals behind the Purist Group was then? So. Uh, to be honest, the purist group back in the days and now the agenda and the idea and concept is totally different. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I created a group because uh, I was in lot in, in, involved in a lot of car form, you know, like 6B online, uh, rain sports uh, type of form, uh, luxury four plays. And I want to have a group of car guys that that likes to drive the car and and goes out to track events, go to go to canyon drive. Mm-hmm. It's more like a group thing, you know. Charity wasn't my primary focus at the time 
my, it turns into my primary focus is right after Paul got into an accident and passed away uh, on, on one of our toy drive. And uh, then I understand the real purpose that we shouldn't, uh, how do I say it? Uh, we, should, we, we should continue to focus on doing a charity to make sure this spirit lasts and on and on forever. Okay. So um, I also realized a lot more things from that day due to the accident. And uh, actually, it's kind of like the first time we talk about it. Um, I just feel that we need to continue to do what we do. So also because my childhood, and I understand how hard it is um, as a kid that have nothing. And while I'm in a position to be able to help, and I can get a lot of resources to help, then why don't we help those people? So that's when the purest uh, fundamental value change, and people start notice that we're doing a lot more charity. Um, also, the charity event we do, we don't fundraise, mm -hmm. and so we never ask anybody for money. So it's hundred percent of the me, and uh, we have to. Well, right now it's not hundred percent because we got I got friends start jumping in, and all that. It's kind of cool. And uh, it's good to have friends help out. Yeah, because we never want to do a public fundraising. Mm -hmm. But if if I, if I know my friends very well, we eat dinner every day. I told them to give me. You know, five hundred bucks, two hundred bucks. They'll give it to me. Yeah. You know, and 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 we use that, and it's a synergy. You know, people believe what you're doing, and we ended up helping tens of thousands of people now, which is absolutely amazing. From a parking lot event with thirty people, to now we hosting a toy drive. You know, thousands of people showed up, and hundreds and thousands of crazy, crazy uh, modified cars, which is something I love. Yep. Uh, to show up this event. And and that's where we are today. So, what are some of the the groups that you help through through the Pure or some of the oh uh, wow, the, that's the, a lot. Yeah. Okay, I'm just gonna go through really quick. Yeah, take so, as long as you need here. Really this is the important that, stuff. Yeah, that's gonna be a whole day. No, look, you can get the phone out. You can go through the list. Go for it. Oh, I remember them because I I sign every single one of them. Okay. So now here's the thing. Uh, we have Pure Group any given time throughout a year. We have uh, four major events. Okay, everybody knows, let's start with toy drive, mm -hmm. because everybody knows the toy drive first, because every year we do an annual toy drive. The annual toy drive we get, well, right now, as of last year, we get about 25,000 pieces of toys. Those toys will go out to, uh, because because pure throughout the years, we actually acquire a lot, of, we, we're doing with so many community work, so we got to know a lot of mayors. And when, when we know a lot of mayors, we get to direct access to their communities, and also their Title I schools. Mm -hmm. So what well, Title I school means, a lot of school has uh, very low income. They're not subsidized by the government mm -hmm. or whatever. You know, you guys get an idea. So uh, we actually, for, for toys, we actually help out uh, um, just a lot of different school districts and their kids and Comptons, El Monte. Uh, we help the CHP, uh, LA County Sheriff. LAPD, we work with probably about seven different divisions, all the way from Burbank and all the way down to Newton. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, then, um, you know, because through the police, you can actually know what kind of, they, a lot of police department are actually really nice. They actually host events prior to Christmas, and they hire their own Santa Claus and have the kids from those neighborhoods to come up and collect those toys. Mm -hmm. You get to see those uh, every year that, you know, in our uh, uh, purest Instagram, and, you know, you see that we, we, you know, we actually send toys over to them. Um, so that, that's, that covers the toy drive. So we currently toys are dealing with probably about maybe also Korean community, KYCC. Uh, they're actually a big uh, community that they have a lot of bankers 
and also a lot of church. So those, uh, we, when we donate toys to them, they send it out to uh, the, those kids within the community, you know, Compton, Compton districts, mm-hmm. uh, Compton Linux, you know, and also uh, uh, a few churches we, we deal, deal with. Uh, the idea is we send it out ourselves. So the toys that you actually got, you guys actually donated, which is your heart and money, even though we don't take money, but every toys you guys donated, we make sure it goes to the right purpose. One of the biggest, actually, we do is a Hollenbeck. Hollenbeck, we, you know, every year we're there with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Tom Arnold, and we there hand-delivered toys, staying in line, hand-delivered every single toys to all the kids that, that lined up. That one's, uh, I think, two or 3,000 kids lined up on the outside waiting for a toy since 6, since 6 o'clock in the morning. You know, we are America right now. You know, everybody lives in wealth. Mm-hmm. There's a couple thousand kids on the street since 6 a.m. just to get one $10 toy. Yeah. You know, that kind of brings some perspective to your to your head, you know. It certainly does. So that's just one event. That's a toy drive. Then it uh, goes back to uh, we do animal events once a year. So we help local animal shelters. Um, to the, A lot of animal shelters, they're getting a lot of huge amount of animals coming in, but they don't have the budgets or the money. Let's say uh, any given shelter we go, they used to handle 100 animals. Now all of a sudden it's 250 animals. So... The, the the ration of the food is simply not enough for all the animals, mm-hmm. so they ended up they have to either destroy the animals or and it's kind of sad, you know. And and with our help, a lot more animals shelter gets awareness. What I mean is, uh, we will host adoption event around our uh, seven thousand. We're currently about seven to eight thousand members in purists, and they will come out and uh, adopt some animals. Otherwise, we host a supply gathering events. Um, because not everybody can take in any more animals into mm-hmm. their house. So uh, we get a bunch of supplies, and we send it out to them. And so all the shelter will have plenty of food for their cats and dogs so they can at least live on a little bit longer. Yeah. Right? So uh, we, do that. Nice. we do that. We uh, do that. We also the homeless blanket drives. So every year when the weather gets cold, a lot of homeless on the street. Uh, it's a little different how we do it now. When we used to do it, we get all the supplies. We have team members go directly onto the street and hand them out. But as the homeless population right now is getting a little bit uh, violent compared to before, also more illness start coming out. Like, it, like right now, state of California has on hepatitis C outbreak. Um, the last thing I want to do is my member can try to come out and do some good. Yeah, and, and get sick. Get the fi- or get into fight, get yeah. scratched or you know, bite. It's, it's a loose-loose situation. Mm-hmm. So now... That event, we work with the L.A. Sheriff Departments and work with uh, Fred Jordan Missions. Uh, Fred Jordan Missions actually will host one huge luncheon uh, during holidays. And right there, uh, it's, it's had a lot of policemen on, on, on the facility. They block off the street, have the, all the homeless there, and we have to pass them out, the blanket, one by one over there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's what we do with uh, the blanket drive. Then, of course, we have one of my favorite events, the back-to-school backpack drives. So four years just happened. Which just happened. Mm-hmm. Four years ago, we started with uh, one backpack, and uh, one teacher saw one student in their in their school. It just has a really really uh, n- nasty backpacks, and uh, so she asked me for one backpack. See if I have enough school supplies for one backpack. I go like, Are you kidding me? How can how can kids these days don't have a backpack to go to school with? Right? I said, You must be kidding. So I go, how about this? Um, her name is Karina. So I go, Karina, can you do me a favor? Can you go find out from your school that how many kids actually need backpack like this, just like the student day? You know, because you, you can talk among the teacher, and the teacher yeah. will know. So we found out in her school alone, it's like 40 kids. 
So we went ahead, we went ahead and packed out 50 backpacks full of stuff and sent it to her. Uh, so that kind of makes me wonder, go, it's crazy that that kids these days, they have to go to school and, and being laughed at because their income level and also their family income level and also uh, they don't even have backpack with stuff to go back with. Mm -hmm. They don't found out more and more because the budget cut, because the the that's all political issues, but a lot of teachers are taking money out of their own pocket to buy supplies to give to the kids. Mm -hmm. You know, education is very important. You know, I learned that, I know that, and very unfortunate to see that in a, such a great country we're in right now, actually, we are facing uh, that as an issue. So I started wanting to do the backpack drives. So I tossed it aloud there as an idea to the Pierce Group community. And uh, so second years we did like a couple hundred backpacks, mm -hmm. which is great. First year we did 40, you know, a couple hundred. It's a big difference, yeah. It's a big difference. In the third year, uh, me and my big mouth, I go like, maybe she'll shoot, shoot for 1,500. Maybe we'll make it. So uh, ended up we got 1,500 backpacks. That was last year. And we sent it out. I'll tell you who we sent it out to. So then last, and last year, I opened my big mouth again. So let's just do 3,000. So we actually got 3,000 this year. But we packed, because of time limits, we packed about 2,000 backpacks over the weekends. Mm -hmm. We still have like about 1,000 backpacks we haven't packed yet with just uh, uh, no, you know, because... Because we, we, there's a lot of time involved in packing 3,000. I mean, yeah. I packed one backpack today. Yeah, yeah. And that took me some time. So yeah. I can imagine packing 3,000 yeah. backpacks probably takes at least four minutes. At least yeah. four minutes. So we did 2,000 backpacks in a matter of four hours over yeah. um, 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 last weekend. Mm -hmm. So uh, now this is our distribution list. So now, of course, Sheriff Department is working with us. We're delivering to a Pomona Regional Center uh, on August 27th. We'll be a 100-car caravan. Uh, unfortunately, we can only allow 100 cars. Uh, that's going to be escorted by the sheriff. Mm -hmm. Then we'll send over the backpack directly to the regional center. The regional center will invite all the kids, about a thousand some people, to come over there to have lunch, to have um, stuff, and also pick up their backpacks. So that's going to happen on August 27th. And then all the other backpacks we're doing to, we're delivered to St. Vincent's. We deliver to uh, various community and also uh, they don't call it orphanage. They call it some kind of home that 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 hosts uh, kids that run away. Um, so we had about that currently. We have about maybe 30 agencies that we're working with right now. We're gonna about to deliver to in the next matter about three weeks. Again, Compton Linux, the school districts, and uh, we know one teacher over there. Um, uh, and that district, we need, just that district alone, of course, Compton area is, has always been bad. That area alone is going to deliver a few hundred backpacks to that area. So it's it's a lot, a lot of stuff we're working. So you're rather busy then on the charity front. Extremely busy, which is, I'm glad that I'm able to offer my time. And, and your network of people. Yeah, network of people. And, and supporters and everything and, else. Yeah, and, 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 and the people. I, I, I miss some of the amazing people from Pierce, it's crazy because sometimes they were like, they'll call me up randomly and go like, I don't, I, even I don't know them. They go like, hey, uh, I want to meet you. I go, why do you want to meet me for? Uh, so he said, I've been Pierce for a long time. I'd like to offer my help. Uh, you're doing backpack. I'd like to donate 500 backpacks. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. I say, uh, okay, do you want any benefit? Do you want me to do a shout out or do you want me to help you plug in a company? Nope. Do you need a receipt? Nope. Just give me the address. I'll send you the backpack. Boom, the backpack's here. It's crazy. It's crazy. 
people don't know like like over the weekend uh we have this guy Dave Thompson he been to he's been volunteering every one of my events for the past 4 years never mm -hmm. miss and finally one day I, I, every time he comes and help and he disappeared like i don't even have a chance to say hi to him finally over the weekend a simple a care package when he comes out and helped out the the backpack event and people doesn't know that he's actually vice president of actually a very big company mm -hmm. but he actually not just uses his uh, resource he actually physically uses his time to help us moving the pallets pack and unpack stuff See, I thought this would have been where you would have come in with your knowledge of forklifts with the pallets, and you would have been like, this is mine. The hands off. Give me the forklift right now. Yeah, so you get, yeah, you get me some truly, truly amazing. And, like, we never pay one cent for advertising or promotions. Mm -hmm. And, like, you're here because you want to talk about purists because you, you've been there for a long time. You see the, what we've done, and it's purists, you know, agenda. Yep. And, and, and people get it figured out, and all these people, like, want to jump in and to help us promote ourselves. And and it's very very interesting, and and I have to thank all of you guys basically on on for for doing this to help spread out the message out. You know, uh, peers really has no agenda. We're still not trying to sell anything. We just want selling kindness. Exactly, that's the only products we have, and we don't want refund on that. Yeah. If you're in here, we want you to go out and do good. And this very simple thing is as a human being, and that thing affects. Peers' best example, past seven years. For pure started to where it's at, we effectively we effectively change not one, two, thousands of kids' life, thousands. Mm -hmm. You know, the three thousand backpacks gonna go out to three thousand kids. I'm gonna hand deliver to them. You know, and toys, toys. Sometimes people are like, yeah, it's a toys, but you don't know that when you toy, haven't got any toys. Yeah, it's all, any new toys. It's nice they to feel, get a toy. They feel they're respected. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you go back and see all the pure's old uh, Instagram or video, you wouldn't believe there's that many kids lined up. In the cold weather, 40 degree weather, since 6 a.m. in the morning, just to get a $10 toy. Mm -hmm. We cannot use our life to judge other people's life. We have, you know, I mean, I mean, I came for nothing. I understand. You know, I'm eating off the trash can. I understand. But, but sometimes we tend to forget there are people out there that do need help. When you help them, when they grow up, they're going to try to help other people. Mm -hmm. I helped a kid recently. His name is Sebastian. Uh, he came to my toy drive. He couldn't believe that. As doing a toy drive, you can affect that many people. Okay, that kid's on wheelchair right now, but he has a lot of pride. He has a lot of dignities, right? So he suffered a rare bone disease, and uh, he actually has like 20-some surgeries, 80 broken bones throughout his life. Which is not fun. He's 10 years old. Yeah, He's on wheelchair. Is, yeah, and he wrote me some of the amazing, amazing words that he thinks I inspire him. I think he's more inspiring to me <laughs> than, you know, than the opposite. Um, he wants to do a toy drive because... He's dreaming to be able to help other kids when in a hospital. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, he wants to go there, visit those kids, and give them a toy, tell them it's going to be okay. And it's amazing. When you hear that came directly from his mouth, you want to cry. You want to hold on to him. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's pretty powerful. It is very powerful. And this whole thing started it. We affect that many people. And that kid's going to go out and affect a lot more people down the road. Mm -hmm. You know, he's principal in life. And we affect kids like that we have a kids that's been volunteers since eight years old they're now 12 or 13 years old they bring in their own kid from the school to come in and volunteer we're making impacts on those kids these are not like kids like go out the entitled that but you, you don't let those 12 and 13 year olds drive the forklifts oh, no, they, no, no, they, no, no. they just they're supervised and doing things properly oh yeah right? they have to they have yeah. to
Yeah, still, so. there's still self, health, self, and safety rules here that you've got to follow, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We're always safe. Yeah, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so then, what are the events that you've got coming up for the rest of the year? So the rest of the year, right now, we're planning uh, uh, one more. Of course, the year in Toyota is December eighth. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody knows that. And uh, the last year was a little bit wet, if I remember correctly. No, last year wasn't wet. Last year was just uh, big. It was just huge. Okay, which was the one that was was the one that was wet? That, that was a few fest. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah that's fest. Sorry. Yeah, so, no, that's Cody stuff. And yeah. uh, but also, you know, that's directly helping uh, Richard Worldwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can part- never remember. Keep up. There's too many. Of you There's too many right? events. Yeah. yeah, but you know, Cody has been a uh, big helpful towards our community, Pierce community as well too. He pretty much come to all our events. You know, mm-hmm. um, and Cody is Paul's brother. Paul's brother. Paul's yeah. brother. So. Um, as for year-end events, uh, the biggest one coming up December 8th is our toy drives. And again, you know, I told everybody, be there early. Like last year was crazy. But it and where's is, that going to be this year? This year is going to be same thing at Industry Expo Center. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, our, uh, the news will be out in our Instagram pretty soon. On Facebook, we already started a page to at least we can keep track how big the crowd is going to be this year. Yep. It's always helpful that uh, – you help your friend and at least click the go or not go so we know we'll give you an idea give an idea but we pretty much have an idea you yeah. know because last year if you've been there it's I mean it's probably you probably have an idea but it's always nice that the people who are helping you out maybe the sheriffs for example they have a bit yes. of an idea too they're kind of the ones that are probably pressing you for that information yeah because we want to do crowd controls and because uh, last year was kind of tough because there was a lot of crazy, craziness going on in Las Vegas all the shootings we try to add a lot more policemen in there. I mm-hmm. mean, if you've been to my event every year, you know it's a very safe environment. Of course. We always have like 20, 30 officers on, on duty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so nobody does crazy stuff, you know. Um, coming up, another one would be uh, the backpack delivery, which is August 27th. Again, that's 100 cars only. So it's, it's we pretty much got all the spot filled. Yep. Uh, thanks to all the people that support us and sponsored us. I mean, I have to mention Karma because... Karma Automotive is pretty awesome. They they know what we're gonna do, boom, and they went on bought a thousand backpack and sent it over. Respect to that. You yeah, know? that's impressive. It's impressive when a car company or major manufacturers or major brands that wanting to support. We're really tiny, to be honest. We're 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 we're, we're just one little organization on Southern California, mm-hmm. and for them to actually a global brand recognizing us and able to help us and to reach our goal, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you see my point. Yeah, I mean, you know, like one of my favorite commercials is the Honda uh, uh, commercial that go out help people's uh, reach. Their, yeah, that's one of my favorite commercials. And I know Super Subaru is catching them too right now, but Subaru is uh, dealing mostly with pets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything with Subaru is all about adoptions. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's yeah. pretty cool. So especially at car shows. Yeah. So um, uh, so then we all, of course we all we every year we still have the homeless. Mm-hmm. Uh, blanket drives that's coming out usually right around November we haven't fixed the date yet um, so far uh, we're going to do one more pet adoption event that's coming up maybe we're going to plug it in right around September okay so pretty much almost right after Pebble Beach so yeah like one event one, it seems like you've got like one event every month happening pretty much right now yeah I mean so you've got like you've got so much free time you're telling me you can lounge around <laughs> you're taking it easy you're like at the beach every day I I do have an exceptional moderator team. First of all, these people—they're not getting paid. Mm-hmm. They've been volunteering their time. They drag their kids and wife or girlfriend into or boyfriends or husbands. or boyfriends or husbands into doing this for everybody. And you gotta know, uh, my moderator team is like maybe about ten people from various different uh, field, and 
they 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 have their stuff to do, and mm-hmm. they volunteer their time for the past couple of years just to see this community being built correctly. They're constantly online monitoring uh, the conversation that we have inside of peers, and also during events, they showed up and with resource with their trucks. I mean, you gotta know we went we were building from. Uh, a toy drive that was only about maybe a couple hundred people till now we're average pushing almost 10,000 people showing up I still have the same amount of moderator that's mm-hmm. actually, actually looking after everything it's pretty incredible that with such a small amount of manpower we did so much Yeah. and yet again they're not getting paid all I did was buy them lunch and dinner sometimes hang out with them and treat them like my own brother and sister Yeah. You know, it's, it's, this is I learned about how to respect others and and you can you can you cannot even pay for labors like this and there 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 a lot of them is actually a you know a company owners mm-hmm. um they're big names but they willing to use their time and just to focus on building a community for the public goods so much respect for the moderator team and also for everybody that involves in helping out including you you know it's just helping us oh, i'm just doing a very very small part here do every little sense adds up and it becomes a mountain. Yeah. Pures was never meant to be where it's at today. It was that one little cent here and there, here and there adds up. I mean, six years ago, who 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 need, who knew that a, a group that has no intention to get it big, has no purpose to get it big, it gets to where it's at today. Mm-hmm. It, it was, you know, zero. And and I have no intention to. I have no visibility and vision to see it build where it's at today. And now we are. You know, and now we're on a global scale. So in Asia, we also has a Pure's Asia and Pure's Taiwan. Okay. Yeah, and they're they're gonna do their their simultaneous doing their events over there as well too. That's okay. why sometimes you see our logo start being placed on the Asia race cars. Yeah. So what are some of the events that they're helping out overseas? And where is it? Just where in Asia, aside from? So Taiwan, we just did our very first uh, uh, event. So mm-hmm. I first time allowed them to sell Pure stickers. Okay. Pure stickers are never for sale. Mm-hmm. You had to go earn it. When you come to a, a toy uh, to a charity event, so when you come to a charity event, you can acquire one pure stickers and you can put it on your car. You can do whatever you want with it, right? Yeah. But we never sell our stickers. So in Taiwan, Asia, since I couldn't, I cannot be there, and none of the moderator team can be there. So we have a group of car guys in Taiwan that I know of. They're pretty reliable. They sell pure sticker, mm-hmm. and after they sell pure stickers, and all the funds goes into an orphanage in Taiwan. Okay. Which is incredible. Which is incredible. They got a close about three thousand US dollars. Mm-hmm. Which is I'm surprised that there's that many people that in Taiwan wants the pure stickers. Yeah. But they they understand the purpose behind it. And hopefully they, that was just one person spent the three thousand dollars. Hopefully, yeah, that'd sticker. be easier. And then you've got a good market of economy of scale there, right? Oh well in Taiwan basically there's one guy that's purest member. Um he actually has a car group with about hundred and forty thousand people in there. Mm-hmm. So every time he does a car events, you know, it's a couple thousand people will show up. Yeah. He basically used his influence. To spread make, the word. To spread the word. Yeah. And right now, we in Asia, in China, we have this world, uh, the China's second largest YouTuber and influencers actually in our group. Uh, he's helping us promote it almost on a weekly basis. Which it's is kind of nice. cool. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. And it's how many, cool. I'm assuming he's got at least four followers. No, yeah, he's got a couple, probably about a couple million followers actually. <laughs> yeah, he's a great car guy. I mean, uh, he knows a lot about cars mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, very young. And he came over and meet me and he understands. He loves the idea. And he's really not using it for personal gain because he's already up there. Yeah. If I told him this is a lot of hard work. This is a, this is a very painful. A lot of hard work. Yeah, not not easy. It's not easy. Trust me, it's not easy. B- building a charity organization like this 
is not easy. You gotta face a lot of criticisms. Yeah. At, at early stage, you're like, ah, Sean does it probably for tax reasons. He wants to run for an office. Every if you know me, like, I cannot run for office. I was never that material. Yeah. You know, and you know that's why till today, we never ask to ask people for money. Just send me the merchandise. That yeah. that makes life easier for everybody. There's no still second guess. When I go and buy a new car, people's gonna, not gonna be like, I donate money to him, and he's buying a new car. You know. Keep it simple and pure. So, yeah, that's a good method to keep it pure for the purest group. From exactly. the purest group. There we go. Now, if people wanted to find out more details in the purest group, where's the best place or find out your charity work? Where's the best place to go? Our websites are currently getting updated, but mm -hmm. it's actually, uh, we need to update it really quickly. So, purestgroup.com will have some of the uh, current events that's about to happen. We are on Facebook. We're very, very active on Facebook mm -hmm. and Instagram. So Facebook and Instagram are my preferred method to keep track of what Purist does. Okay. So um, Purist Group has its official uh, Insta uh, Facebook uh, Facebook page. And also uh, Facebook, of course, uh, Purist actually is a Facebook group that mm -hmm. exists within, you know, uh, uh, Facebook. Then our Instagram page is Purist Group. You know, P-U-R-I-S-T-G-R-O-U-P. And that's it. Perfect. Look, well, Sean, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. No, thank you so much for doing this. No, it means no. a lot to me. No, you let me come hang out here. Now you're going to go give me a little tour. Yeah. Uh, I'm just really looking forward to it. But as always, everyone, thank you so much for listening. If you want to, if you have any questions, you can always reach out to me at No Breaking on Instagram and Facebook. You can, if you want to know about guests or anything more, please feel free to do that. Always Feel free to subscribe to us, get someone else to subscribe, and uh, give us at least a five-star review. That's all we ask for. It's not much. A five-star review doesn't cost anything. So why not do it? It's good. And say some nice words to go along with it. But, uh, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.